7.50 a.m. I called my mom on the phone. I said, hey, mama. She said, hey, baby. I said, well, listen, I'm preparing. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing to bring you home. Like a hospital bed, everything to bring you home. And she said, yeah. She said, son, because I'm ready to come home. She said, I'm ready to come home. Not knowing that she wasn't coming home to me. James Henderson is at the, he's at the intro, y'all. <laughs> How are you, first and foremost? Man, I am actually doing wonderful. I am. I'm doing wonderful, and I am excited, man, to be here at the intro. I've been saying lately uh, when I'm talking when I've been talking to people about today's show that God has given you your second wind at WIND. But he's also giving you your second win, W-I-N. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that in the recent Kirk Franklin uh, the reunion tour, your face has been able to reach millions of people that it did not reach years ago. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you first saw the first concert, how did it feel? You know, when I when I... When when Kirk actually called all of us, um, he said he wanted to have a Zoom meeting and he called God's property, he called the family together, and we had the Zoom meeting and he basically was telling us that he was celebrating 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, in music ministry. And uh, of course he was getting ready for the reunion tour. And his thing was that he said, I want to make sure that the family and God's property is a part of this tour. You know, he said, because it was the family that got me started, and then it was God's property, you know, that really took him out there on another level, on another side, excuse me, uh, you know, of gospel music. And so we were all for it. Yeah. You know, we were all for it. We didn't know how things were going to be. We didn't know what was going to take place. But for three days, man, we got together, God's property. And the family. And of course, you know, hey, we hadn't seen each other in a while. Yes. So it was a reunion. I was living vicariously through the videos, yeah. all the, the practice videos that was on social media. Yeah. I was like, I know her now. <laughs> I, I didn't know she sang the God's property. I don't want to just start with the music because you are so much more than music. Who was uh, Pastor James Henderson before God's property? Well, man, before God's property, I was just this little young preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I started preaching at the age of five years old, traveling as an evangelist at the age of 13. Uh, I got my first pastor's license at the age of 19. Wow. And so before uh, God's property or whatever, I was just this little young preacher, man, running revivals uh, at different churches for different pastors. And of course, you know, I did sing with uh, a couple of community choirs mm-hmm. before uh, God's property. I really got my start uh, in music ministry uh, singing with the Dallas Anointed Voices, okay. which was right here in Dallas, Texas, or whatever, which was uh, founded uh, by Victor Speedy McCray okay. and things of that nature. So, really, he got me, you know, started as far as traveling music wise and stuff like that. So, before God's property, man, I was just a young evangelist running revivals, preaching here and there, and and, and you know, singing places like Austin, Texas, San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. Used, those are the places that singing with Dallas Anointed Voices afforded me to go. Yeah. So being called to ministry like that young, like how did you feel as like were were you still able at that young age to still do the youthful things that the young people your age at that time was doing your, your wife was like <laughs> man to to literally be honest man um i didn't even really have a desire to do other things that the young people were doing yeah at that time yeah. you know i was five years old when my mama uh told me that a preacher 
Um, his name was the late Pastor Leo Torres. Mm -hmm. At that time, he pastored the Oak Grove Missionary Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. Called the house one day, and he said, can I speak to Reverend James Henderson? Wow. My mama said she uh, told my dad, hey, it's the, it's the phone call for you. Somebody want to speak to you. My daddy got on the phone, and, and Pastor Torres told him who he was or whatever. And he said, no, I want to speak to Reverend James Henderson, Jr. Wow. Five years old. I'm like, how you know? My mom was like, how does man know you? Yeah. I mean, you know, at five years old. But he got wind, and my mama said, I got on the phone at five years old, talking like I had been doing this for years. Mm -hmm. And the man wanted me to come and preach his Easter Sunday morning service. Oh, wow. At, at five, five years old. And uh, my mama said, I was on the phone holding conversation with the man and talking about, yeah, okay, and I'll be there. And my mama said my daddy got back on the phone and Pastor Torrance told him, you know, what was going on. Got off the phone and my mama said she asked me one question, what kind of suit you want? Wow. I told my mom I wanted a three-piece white suit, powder blue <laughs> shirt, white shoes, white socks, or whatever. And my mama said that Sunday morning, I got up to preach and she was like, she was nervous for me. She was like, I don't know what my baby gonna say. What are they gonna say? What are yeah. they gonna say? My first message I preached was the Lord is my shepherd. That's what I preached. The Lord is my shepherd. And and it's like, you know, from 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 that time, to be honest, man, all I wanted to do was church. I didn't want to do I mean, I didn't want to go outside, play with the neighborhood kids. I just wanted to go to church. How That's my life. Friend, like the neighborhood friends or uh kids' friends or cousins or whatever, how did they take you in that particular point of your life? You know, at that particular point in my life, I mean, the neighborhood kids actually respected me. Mm -hmm. And they did. They actually respected me. I had one childhood friend and he's still alive today. His name is Jason Goosby. And uh, he lived maybe four houses down from me. He would be the only kid in that neighborhood mm -hmm. that I would actually go to his house and play with. Yeah. But the crazy part about it is, when I would go to his house and play with him or whatever stuff, we would be doing church. Literally. We this would is how you know that this is what I'm going to be doing for the right. rest of my we life. We would be, man, we would be doing church. We would be in his room and, and, and he and he loved, you know, toy action figures. Uh -huh. So we would sit Set up these up. toy action yeah. figures as the church and as the choir, as the praise team or whatever stuff. And, and he would actually start singing and mm -hmm. things of that nature, do the announcements or whatever. <laughs> My whole church service. And then come and introduce me as the preacher. And I'm in I'm in his room or whatever preaching wow. to the toy action figures. So I mean and the other kids, like I said, that of course dealt with the neighborhood, they respected me because they was like, Hey, this is what he is. Yeah. You know, this is who he is or whatever stuff. I didn't you know, I didn't it's not that I didn't, you know, like the other kids. I just didn't go outside to do the kind of things that they wanted to do. So would you say that you've kind of always kind of had an old soul? Always. Yeah. Always. I've always had an uh, old soul. I never, I never really hung around, you know, young people as other young people did. I never did. I always stayed with my parents. If you if, if you didn't see me and my mama, you saw me and my daddy. Mm -hmm. Most of the time you saw me and my mama and my daddy and at church somewhere. Yeah. One thing that I uh, I love about you uh, that I, I see on social media, first of all, for the last couple of months, you have been super, super, super active on social media like never before. And the good thing about that is for people who only had the opportunity to see you as the pastor or as the man of God, you're more, you're giving the more human side of you now. Um, and I admire your transparent moments. Um, what got you comfortable with being able to say, I know how people see me, but this is who I really am. Because, you know, sometimes I believe we spend so much time and we spend so much time trying to uh, be church. Mm -hmm. We spend so much time trying to look the part mm -hmm. that sometimes people need to see that side of you that says, hey, I'm anointed. Uh, I preach. I lead praise and worship. I do this, but I'm human too. Yeah. You know, I go through too. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times when people see and know, hey, you went through this, you went through that, 
and but you're yet doing this, mm-hmm. it makes them feel, you know, more. It causes them to come and res- cause them to respect you more, uh-huh. you know, and it causes them to see you as say, hey, yeah, even though he's anointed, even though he's talking with Kirk, even though he's talking more than I can bear, he's still human. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell people all the time, I mean, yeah, um, 1997 is when the, when the CD came out, mm-hmm. you know, my voice went out first, you yeah. know, not saying that people never saw me actually sing the song because God's property, of course, you know, we travel with Kirk and stuff like that. But the thing about it is that what people don't understand is, hey, when you come off those moments, yeah. there's a reality. That you go back to. That you go yes. back. You know what I'm saying? There's a reality that you go back to. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was it was it, it, it was wonderful. Like I said, it was wonderful because it was two songs that Kirk wanted to feature on the tour mm-hmm. from his and you know Kirk's penmanship is amazing. It's ridiculous. Out of every song that Kirk wrote uh, 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 More Than Conquerors, mm-hmm. uh, What You're Looking. I mean, out of every song that Kirk wrote, the only two songs that Kirk said meant more to him in his 30 years that he wrote was Silver and Gold and More Than I Can Bear. I'm sitting here, I, I, I mean, I'm like, we on the Zoom, and I'm like, really? Yeah. You know? And so I had, and this is what I'm saying, man, I literally had no clue that when we did, when we recorded, you know, the More Than I Can Bear, you know, video for the tour, whatever the case may be, I had no tour. I mean, I had no clue that that video was going to be the one that was going to be used on this entire tour. Yeah, because I re- remember seeing in a lot of the re- uh, the videos of whenever you all were, were practicing or singing, y'all done a lot of songs. Yeah. So for that song to be the picked out song, yeah. that meant a lot because like you said, I, I don't know one song that Kirk Franklin has been involved in that has not been. Yeah. Ranging even before whenever he was just doing music with choirs yeah. that had nothing to do with the, uh, the family and God's property. Um, so I think that that for me to say that he would pick a song where you are involved in knowing some things that, that you've been through from what you share on social media, did you relive any of the moments? Because so, you know, I, I, I told you before the interview, I feel like this is for me. I admire the way you dealt with. Still haven't dealt with the past. Man, here's here's the deal. My mom's death was unexpected. We did not expect it. Period. I was still dealing with my father's passing. My father literally prepared us for his passing. We knew, you know. Be honest with you, the day that my father thought he was going to pass was April of 2021. By his bedside, he said, call this person, call this person. I want to see this person, I want to see this person. And that particular day, everybody that he wanted to see, I called over to the house. They were at the house. Everybody he wanted me to call, I called them on the phone. And he could tell them, I love y'all. And he was like, I'm getting ready to leave here. And that's just what he felt. Yeah. And he prepared us. But even that particular day, my father did not pass. May 1st, 2021, was a Sunday morning. My mama got up and she went to church. And it was that day when she left mm-hmm. to go to church. While she was at church, I stayed at home with my father. And we watched church online that particular Sunday. And uh, the only thing I remember him saying was, when I go, I want to be holding your hand. I want to be holding your hand. And so that particular Sunday morning, was sitting by his bed or whatever the case may be, and he did this. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He did it again. And I'm like, Mm-mm. I'm not feeling it. Because I knew what that meant, yeah. you know. And so he did it again. And this particular time, I grabbed his hand. When I grabbed his hand, he gripped my hand. and But I wouldn't look at it. I kept focusing. I wouldn't look at him. 
because I was like, okay, if this is the moment, then I don't want to see you, yeah. you know. But I looked at it, and he was preparing to transition. I let go of his hand, ran across the street, got my next door neighbor, Miss Bennett, across the street, who's a, she's an awesome woman of God. And I ran back over, she came back in. When she came back in, I was holding his hand. She walked in the door. This is what she did. She looked up. She spoke in tongues. And she said, yeah, he's leaving this time. I held his hand, you know. And so his death, I was fine with because he prepared. I'll be honest with you. If, if, if you had called me on the phone and prophesied to me and told me, that I was getting ready to lose my mom six months later. Yeah. I would look you in your face and tell you, you miss God. What, six months later? Six months later. My dad passed May 1st, 2021. November the 27th in the same year, 2021. My mom passed. I had come down, I had came down with COVID. Well, I was coming through COVID. She had got COVID or whatever case may be. She went into the hospital. She was in Baylor Hospital for a whole week. Monday, November 22nd, at 7.50 a.m., I called my mom on the phone. I said, hey, mama. She said, hey, baby. I said, well, listen, I'm preparing. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing to bring you home. I got the hospital bed, everything, to bring you home. And she said, yeah. She said, son, because I'm ready to come home. She said, I'm ready to come home. Not knowing that she wasn't coming home to me. Because at 11.50 p.m. that night, Baylor called me back on the phone and told me my mom had just passed. So her definition of home was home. Yeah. Yeah. Her her definition of home was going home to be with the mom. Cause I didn't, I didn't know that she was missing. My, my, my mom and my dad had been married for like forty. At that time, it was forty-six years. Why? They met December the first, nineteen seventy-five. They got married December the third, nineteen seventy-five. And they've been married for forty-six years. And her definition of going home was not to come back home with me. And I'll be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. How I, how I have dealt with it, I just kept going. Literally. I, I have literally kept going. I have. Li I mean, I've had my moments. Because that night that I left the hospital, I got back home, I sat on the side of my bed, and I mean, I screamed. Mm -hmm. I, when I say I screamed, yeah. I screamed that night. Just, I mean, I screamed that night. And that night I screamed and I took my hand and I did like this to God. And I said, God, you're going to have to yeah. hold me. You're going to have to hold me in this. And I'm telling you, that's how I've been able. I just kept pushing. Why do, why do I feel guilty because I have not been able to break. I have not been able to cry. I have not been able to scream. As if, and I guess I feel bad because I'm like, this was my homie. Like, anytime she would come in town, the last meal she cooked for me, I woke up one morning, my breakfast, keep in mind, we're from Mississippi, so you know what about to do. <laughs> my breakfast was fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, oh, collard oh. greens and cornbread. Are you serious? Okay. I'm like, mom, mom, what's this? <laughs> it's like 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. Wow. First of all, why are you woke? Wow. So like, for me, because we had that relationship, I felt like I should feel something or, or, or a, a different way, but like, I, I haven't been able to be that person. So seeing how you were able to maneuver through all of that, I was like, that's strength. And that's, that's not strength that you see every day because you have to be built from something that's something that nobody else has to go through it and continue the walk because I'm not going to lie, I was pissed. I was like, again, 
un, un, unexpected. We don't even know how my mom passed. So I was pissed. I was like, God, you took the homie. Like the person I can call at three o'clock in the morning and she'd be like, what you want, sir? You took that. So what do I have now? But watching you maneuver and it done something for me and it always made me want to sit down and, 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 and talk with you because at that point you became my blueprint of how to deal with it. So I thank you for that transparency because we're talking about strength. Yeah, man, that, that's a strength that people don't understand that God gives. It's, 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 it's like, man, all hell could be breaking loose around you. All turmoil could be happening and taking place. And it's like, people think you ought to be freaking out. You ought to be in a corner somewhere, losing, losing your mind. Yeah. And it's like, how is it that he's doing this? How is it? And I'm telling you from experience, it's like for three years, the past three years of my life, I've been living on this earth for 46 years. I put a post up, you may have saw it the other day, it was a transparent post. And I said, I've been living on this earth for 46 years, for 46 years. But the past three years of my life from 21 to 23 have been adjustment, you know, adjusting to this, getting used to this, getting used to this. I mean, it's like, what do you do when the people you could fall back on, you can't fall back on them no more? What what do what do you what do you do when when the people that were your strength, when you didn't have strength, you could lean on them, you know, or when you need to talk, you know, you know you could go to mom. And mama just go. She gon' she may pat you, yeah. But she might let me tell you something now, yeah. Okay, yeah. What you did, yeah, was your fault. You did it. Now you got. To, what do you do when it's like I can't call my mom on the phone. I can't text my mom. I can't. I can't go and say, "Mom, I need fifty dollars." Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't. What do you do when the shrimp that was there is no longer there? And this is why I love my parents so much. And I'm pretty sure your mama was the same way. They gave me God. Yes. And, I, and I, you know, I'm not trying to be deep, but I'm trying to be real. They gave me God. Yeah. They gave me God in such a way that I know how to have pressure on me and still trust God. Yeah. I mean, I can be transparent right now. Man, listen, I started a new job. For Dallas Independent School Thank you, man. Start <laughs> a new job. So, you know, with DISD, you get paid once a month. Yeah. So it's like, wait a minute, hold on. I ain't, I ain't used to getting paid yeah. once a month. Man, every bill in my house was due just a day ago. I wasn't supposed to get a check this week. I wasn't supposed <laughs> to get my first check until the 27th of December. And I was sitting there saying, God, I'm going to get these pills paid. You know? Well, guess what? I can't pick up the phone and text mama and say, hey, uh, can you let me borrow $500 from your uh, social security or yeah. your retirement? Yeah. Or she would have done it, but she's going to be like, but I want my money back. Right Don't give me my money. Yeah. I couldn't do that. Yeah. I had to trust God. That's what I did. Can I tell you, sitting there talking to you, Every bill is paid. The the check that I was supposed to get on the twenty seventh, I was sitting at work at school in my spot, and I and I'm always checking my account because I'm always believing God for something, something for something yes. to be, and then it wasn't in there. I looked in my account. I said, "Wait a minute, hold on, wait, whoa." I was. It's the thing about it is this: when 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 our parents gave us God, yeah. see what I'm saying? Sometimes they couldn't give us things. Sometimes they gave us God. And I'm grateful that my parents, they gave me God. And I've had a lot of people, James, how you make it? And how you doing this? God. How you, how you able to, do I have moments? Man, yes. I have my moments. I mean, there'll be, there be times I could be sitting and playing spades or playing dominoes. And all of a sudden, man, I just zone out. 
spanky on spades. We don't have, we don't have secrets. <laughs> and I would just zone out, man. And just, and I would have to get up from the table, go in the room, and have my moment, you know. But after I have my, and that's what I'll say to you, even though you haven't broken or screamed or, here's the, here's the crazy part, maybe God's not going to allow you to. Because everybody deals with grief a different way. But it's like just because you scream and I didn't scream doesn't mean I'm wrong. Or just because I haven't had a out on this kind of moment doesn't mean I'm wrong. Because my parents gave me God, that's what has kept me going. It, 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 it kept, and it's still keeping me going to this day. And so that's what I would say to you, man. You've been going, you've been pushing, and we have to keep pushing. Yeah. You know why? Because what's on our lives, this kind of stuff here, is really not for us. Somebody gonna watch this, yeah. somebody gonna see this, and somebody gonna be like, man, that's the guy that say more than I can bear. And he just sat here and thought about his mom and had to have a moment. I mean, what? They need to see that. This is not stage, this ain't rehearsed. We didn't talk about the questions, because like I told you, no, you ask the questions yeah. that you want to ask. I'm not going, so it's like, hey, you know, but the strength that God has placed on you, that God has put in you, man, that's the strength that your mama taught you. She gave you God. I, I'm asking questions that I know that I've gone through, but I'm also asking questions that uh, people, you know, we go through things and we don't have anybody that we can talk to. So today, this is my pastor. He probably about to become my pastor anyway. Uh, going through, I don't call it church hurt. I call it just things that happen because I've been in church basically like you since I was seven years old. Um, 42 now. Um, true transparency. Uh, because I was because I'm part of the LGBTQ community, I was always told you're good at what you do, but don't bring that part of you to the church. Cool, understandable. But then whenever I started getting advances from those people, I bagged up because I was like, I it hurts because the same people who tell me. I'm going to hell for this. Mm-hmm. Or the same people that's, that's trying to get me. So <laughs> I got confused because I was I like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I really, really love you, God. But the getting used mm-hmm. made me not turn my back on God, but be like, I ain't going to no, no, no physical nothing. What would your advice be to people who have experienced things that didn't necessarily turn them from God, but turned them from what the word church. You, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person I see a lot of, and this is what we see nowadays. There's a lot of church debating that's going on. Mm-hmm. Because everybody takes this from the Bible and creates this doctrine or creates this fellowship or creates this. And I'm the type of person, this is me. I believe if you preach Jesus, if you preach Jesus, Mm -hmm. if you preach his word, I believe God will bring the deliverance Mm -hmm. through his word. And this is what has happened to me. This is just me in the church. We have taken the value of God's word the power of God's word and we have made it into what we feel God is saying versus what God is saying. And at the end of the day, what does his word say? What what does his word say? His word says this, if I be lifted up from the earth. He says, I'll draw all men. And the key, 
Man, listen, hear me. The key word, and if, and if you're watching this and you're hearing me, the key word is God said, I'll draw all men, whatever nationality, whatever race, whatever denomination, LGBTQ, I mean, all, all, if I'm saying it right, all men. Yeah. And he says, I'll draw them unto me. And the problem is, and I'm going to say it, we keep turning people to men and women, but we ain't turning them to God. And if we turn them to God, give them God, give them what God said. And here's the deal. Yes, in order for us to turn them to God, we've got to be the examples of God. And I'll agree with you. You have a lot of people that they'll, and, and this, you know, listen to me. It's, it's not just homosexuality. It's liars. It's adulterers. It's fornicators. It's embezzlers. It's hot check writers. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's sin everywhere. Yeah. And the thing about it is that, yeah, I can't, I can't want you to be accountable, but I'm helping you yeah. in what I want you to be accountable for. Yeah. I mean, come on. It, it's, it's no difference. In, in, it, it's no difference if you were my pastor. Okay, and I'm coming to you because I'm going through at home in my marriage or whatever the case may be. You 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 can't make me accountable at home if you ain't faithful at your house. And that's the problem that we're having. We're having a lot of people that they will whoop you for this and whoop you for that, but all along. You're doing this. You're doing this. Or 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 you, you know, you or or or, or you're bringing the advance. Yeah. You know, you're you're inviting me. And you cannot if you're going to be holy, be holy. If you're going to live for God, live for God. It's just like right now. I have never seen so much debate and confusion Behind the death of Bishop Carlton Pearson. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 I get it. Because the church is going to stand up for what the church believes. Mm -hmm. That's just like the world is going to stand up for what the world believes. But at the end of the day, yeah. those that's going to celebrate him, celebrate him. Mm -hmm. Those that's not going to celebrate him, I mean, the man is dead and gone. Yeah. And we're still having debates on this and that and this and that. And it's like, again, the church now says, here the church go. Yeah. Fighting each other, bickering each other. I mean, you know, going at, battling with, with one another or whatever the case may be. And so my thing is, man, you know, I, my only response and my only answer is that, is that give the people God. Yeah. Give them God. Give them and he, and give them the true God. Give, give them the true God of the Bible. Yeah, it's easy for me to take this from the Bible and I come up with my own interpretation of my own meaning of this. And a lot of times we get so caught up in our own interpretation or our own meaning and then that's what we try to push. Yeah. But at the end of the day, come on, let's get the Bible. Yeah. Let's get in the Word. And let's really see why did God say this. Yeah. Let's dot, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's dissect it. Let's break it down. Let's tear it apart. And let's see why did God say this? What was the true, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What was the true meaning of this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Forget your opinion and your interpretation. And then again, if you have an interpretation of this and I have an interpretation of this, then the Bible said, let's come together yeah. and let's reason together. How can two walk together unless they agree? Unless they agree. And if we come together and you and you tell me, okay, well, this is what I see. This is what I see. Well, then let's really go and see, okay, well, how did you pull yours out? How did I pull mine out? And then guess what? If we still can't come to an agreement, then let's go get somebody else. No. You see what I'm saying? That has been doing it longer than we have. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we go to them with what you have, what I have. But again, 
at the end of the day, even if we can't come to an agreement. If you wasn't preaching, and you were not the recording artist, <laughs> who would Pastor James Henderson be? I, I Honestly, I, I can't even answer that. Wow. I, I'm telling you, I, I don't know, because my life has been church. You know, I'm not saying I never went to birthday parties or, but all my life is church. Mm -hmm. Even to this day, my life is, is, I mean, it's still church. You know, the fun, I think the fun thing that I love to do is I love to go bowling. Okay. You know, and I haven't went bowling, you know, probably in a minute. That's the fun thing I love to do. So if I wasn't preaching, if I wasn't a recording artist, if I wasn't, I can't tell you what I would be doing. Wow. I don't know. I really don't. How has the response been just in general? Friends, family, people in the neighborhood, the people see you walking in Walmart. How has the response been since the reunion tour situation? Since the reunion tour, especially since that last day, uh, for me to have that moment in Dallas-Fort Worth was everything. It it. And I have, I have now been able to sit down and reflect on that moment. And it really did mean a lot to me mm-hmm. to have that moment at home. Yeah. And I always tell people, no, it was not just about me. It was about God's property. It was about the family, you know. But to have that moment in a room with 12,000 plus people yes. at home, yes. you know, to finally be able to, for people to, you've heard the voice all these years. Mm-hmm. Now you've seen the face. Mm-hmm. And I told somebody the other day, I said, my voice went out first. Now here it is, God has allowed my face to go yeah. with the voice. Yeah. And I told somebody, I said, eventually my whole body has got to go out. Yeah. And it did, yeah. at home. And to have that moment, that night, that night, and and one of the, to me, one of the greatest responses that I got that night was from my first lady of the Church of God in Christ, Lady Karen Clark Mm Shear. She saw me, and we hugged each other or whatever, and I said, God, you know, bless your first lady. And she said, this is what she said, and I'm talking about one of the Clark sisters. Yeah. She said, oh, my God. She said, you have been blessing us every night in every city. She said, but to see it live tonight, she said, was amazing. Just to hear that from her. Mm -hmm. I mean, Clark sisters? That caliber of person, yeah. Cameron? Yeah. And then my first lady of the Church of God in Christ, to have that moment, to hear that from her was amazing. But, man, the, the response since... That particular night, uh, you know, I have a lot of people have just been saying, James, it's, it's, it's your time. Yeah. You know, it's your time. You know, it's 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 your moment. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, I have received several phone calls to come sing, come preach, and things of that nature. Of course, and so it, it's it's just you know, people that I see, man, because I'll take this moment, and of course, I still work for the Golden Gate Funeral Home mm-hmm. as well. I was on a funeral uh, a couple of weeks back, and so I picked up a family. Mm-hmm. So I had the children in my car, mm-hmm. and the young people in my car. So the two ladies that were sitting on two young ladies sitting on the back row. Here's the conversation: the cousin said to her, "Cause she told my girl, that's him." <laughs> and so she was like, "You think so?" And she was like, "That's got to be him." Because it just that that's that just this looks like him. Yeah. And so the other cousin was like, Well, won't you ask him? Girl, I'm not gonna ask him that. And she was like, Well, it's probably not him because and this is what she said, because if that was him, I know he wouldn't be working at no funeral home on no regular job. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Or whatever. And I, I just but when she said that, I bust started start laughing. And so they was like, What are you laughing at? I never said why or whatever. So when I got to the funeral home, I get out of the car. When I get out of the car, go around to let them out. This is what I see. They phones are up. And they're actually looking at Compared the video. The and they're saying, that is him. That's him. Girl, I told you. You yeah. know, that was him. So I've had moments, you know, like that or whatever and stuff. And it's crazy <coughs> because 
I'll be honest. I don't. I don't see myself as a celebrity. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't. I just. I, I keep my mindset in the mind frame of. I'll let people see me how they want to see me. Mm-hmm. You know, if they want to see me as a celebrity. Okay, if they want to see. Ooh, he. That's that. That's that. I'm. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But for me, and it goes back to my parents. I. I don't let it get to me. Yeah. I keep my mindset in the mindset is I'm a servant. Yeah. And that's not me being deep or holy. No, that's just what it is. Yeah. Because my parents raised me like that, that no matter how much God blesses you, mm-hmm. don't let it go to your head. Yeah. Because if you let it go to your head, then you'll think it's you and it's not God. You know? And that's and that's 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 that to me it works for me to stay that way because I've so I've seen so many people that when they get a moment and I'm going to say when they get a moment, then they feel like, oh, I've arrived now. Yeah. You haven't arrived. You haven't. I don't care how great of a moment you get. Yeah, you arrived. You just arrived to this moment. Yeah. See? But after this moment, yeah, the moment was great. And the buzz was strong. The yeah. buzz is still strong. But I tell people, when Friday night was over, Guess yeah, what? Yeah. I got up the next morning. I put on a black suit, a white shirt, and a black and gold Golden Gate tie. And I went to work. Yeah. And I preached a couple of funerals that day. I went to go sit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, have the moment. And next thing you know, I'm in the Bahamas on the beach. Just would have been nice. Yeah. You know, but I didn't, I, I had the moment. But after the moment, God allowed me to arrive to the moment. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Lord have mercy. He, he will allow you to arrive to the moment, but you can't take that moment and make it seem like, oh, now I'm this all of this. Yeah. Because guess what? There's another moment after that. Yeah. There's another moment after that. I, I, I need somebody to hear me right now. There's another moment. I'm going to preach it right there now. I'm going to preach that somewhere. It's another moment after this. Yeah. It's, it's another it's another moment after this. It's another moment. So I can't let this one moment yes. make my head explode like, oh, I don't arrive. Yeah. I think I'm all of this. Yeah. I think when I get off this interview with you, yeah. guess what? Somebody asked me to come play, play Santa Claus. Yeah. I'm I gonna love leave, it. I'm, I'm going to leave from you in a few minutes yeah. and head my way. Over here to this toy giveaway and, be the best and put on this red, hope this, hope this suit they got fit me. I'm going to put on this Santa Claus suit with this beard and whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I'm going to serve these kids. Yeah. I'm going to serve these kids. They're going to want to jump on you, sit on yeah. your lap and all. I'm going to be like, ugh. No. <laughs> but I'm, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Here's the deal. I arrived to the moment for the finale show. Here's a moment for me right now. Yeah. I arrived to this moment. Yeah. Because there's always another moment. Yeah. After the moment, when I leave here, I'm having another moment to go and pass out toys to the kids, love on the kids, and all that. And it's not, and it's not even for show or marketing. It's none of that no. because I just told this pastor I saw him alive, and he said we gonna need some help. And I said I'll come help. No. That's what I said. No. And then got up this morning, and he inboxed me, and he was like. We need a Santa Claus. Yeah. Can you be Santa Claus? Sure, I'd be honored to be yeah. Santa. So it was not a publicity stunt. Mm-hmm. They needed a Santa Claus. Here I go. Yeah. But that's why I didn't want to allow moments to get to my head. Yeah. Because I could have said, yeah, I'll be Santa Claus. I need $3,000. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to come in through the back way. Yeah. I can only be there for an hour. I can't touch the kids. Kids can't touch the kids. Touch, can't you see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, you're going to be Santa Claus. And you're going to have kids... Four, five, six, two, three years old, all the way up to probably grown. Tell me, can I sit on you? Like, hold on, ma'am. Wait a minute. Wait, you, you know, let me rub this knee right here for you. Sit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's always a moment, and you can't get caught up in one moment. Yeah. Because that's a moment bigger than this. Bigger than this. That's a moment bigger than this. Yeah. For me to be as, over the last couple weeks, to be as emotional every time I thought about sitting down talking to you. And to now feel this, like, I need to follow you, man. Like, I I trust the God that's in your life. Um, And I need you to be that for me. I have not been to a church church just because of all of that. Right, right. And 
my trust in church has been like zero. Honestly. But you have today, you've made me see, you've made me see God. Um, and, and that's my thing. You hear what I'm saying? I'm going to say it. If the church would show the people God. No. That's why, and it's confirmation for you. We keep showing, we keep trying to show everybody else our opinion. Yeah. Our interpretation. And you, you're so busy trying to push your interpretation. It's like, well, where's God? Yeah. In what you're doing. Where is God in what you're seeing? And at the end of the day, my goal is I just want people to see God. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. When I preach, I want people to hear God, see God. Yeah. When I sing, I want people to hear God yeah. and see God. When when you, you know when when the other day uh I was I was at the school and I was sitting in on my post or whatever, and uh one of the teachers uh, she had to leave abruptly. She was in tears. She had to leave abruptly, whatever the case would be. The next day, she came back the next day. And, of course, normally I get to the school around 7.30, in which I'm grateful because when I get to the school every morning at 7.30, hopefully nobody is there. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to, when I walk in the school, and I do this every morning, when I walk in the school and I'm walking to my post, I immediately start praying. Yeah. I start walking the halls. I started touching the classroom doors. Yeah. And so I got there that next particular morning and she was there. And all I did was just walked over to her and I said, can I pray with you? And she said, I would love that. I prayed for her, not knowing all why she had to leave abruptly that day before. I prayed for her, whatever. She was like, thank you, or whatever. Not knowing that uh, her mom had to be rushed to the hospital. Wow. You know. And since that day, every time I'm sitting in my spot, She'll always come to me. She came to me, and uh, that next day, after I prayed for her, she came back to me somewhere throughout that day, and uh, she said to me, and she's a Hispanic lady, or whatever, she said to me, she said, thank you. She said, because you made me trust God again. That's what she said. She said, you made me trust God again. And she said, oh, by the way, mom's home. My mom's home or whatever, and she's doing good. At the end of the day, I believe that if we live a life, if we walk in such a way that people need to see him. Yeah. I'm just a vessel. People need to see him. Yeah. And if, if I can hear somebody say, I saw God, yeah. then that's it. That's why I can't let it go to my head. Yeah. That's why I can't let it feel like, Oh, I've arrived. Yeah. You know, I'm all of that. Yeah. You know, because you have some preachers, you can't touch them. This is true. Them you armor bearers you, you with football. I mean, you, you can't. And don't get me wrong. I understand you're supposed to, you know, protect the anointing. The anointing, and, and you know, I, I get that. But sometimes, as leaders, I don't care if you're a musician, you got to be approachable. Yeah. People need to be able to sometimes just sit with you, mm -hmm. and you just. You know, strictly be honest. Through all of these years of you doing what you, you're doing, people have a level of respect. Because even whenever I've done the first uh, advertisement for this uh, particular show, I looked at all the people. I had a girl who, uh, she was like, take care of this one because it's mine. Like, for people to have that level of respect that have been knowing you or following you or listening to you for all of these years, again, that credibility, you don't get that from preachers today. But here's what I'll say. I've earned it again. Yeah. Yeah. I had it once before. I messed it up. But I've earned it again. Yeah. And that's what I want you to hear. I've, I've earned it again. Had it once before. Messed it up. But I've earned it again. Yeah. And to earn it again, my desire is to make sure that I never mess it up. Um, follow this man. I've got I'll let him share all of his, his social media, but I cannot have this this man of God on this show. 
and not get two seconds of my song. Mm. I have to. Just even if it's I've gone through the fire and that's it. I need something. Listen, so I've gone through the fire and I've been through the flood. I've been broken into pieces. Seen lightning flashing from above. But through it all, I remember that he loved me and he can and he'll never put more on me than I can bear. You better harmonize with me. <laughs> Take us out with prayer, man, the guy. For Father, I thank you. I honor you. I give you praise. I give you glory. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this day. Father, somebody that will listen to this, somebody that will see this podcast today or hear this podcast. Father, I pray, God, that it will change their lives. I pray, God, that somebody that will even see the grief side of this podcast or hear it, I pray, God, that it will cause them to be able to better handle their grief. Father, somebody is going through right now, somebody is going through a situation right now, but I pray, God, that you will give them that kind of strength that you've given to me, that you've given to Trey, that you've given to us to be able to stand in the midst of adversity. And I thank you. And Father, I pray, God, that you will continue to bless this the intro. I pray, God, that you will open up more doors for Trey. I pray, God, that you will open up more doors for the show. I thank you now, God, for the people that he shall bring to this show in 2024. For the lives, God, that shall be changed through this show. And I pray, God, that everybody that comes through this platform will be transparent, will be real. Because, Father, that's what your people are needing right now. They're needing people, God, that, yes, I'm anointed. Yes, I do this. But I'm human, and I go through, and I give you praise, and I give you glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.